0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Folks, are you looking to get a little action in on your old sports ball games before you go and watch them? I don't endorse the term sports ball, but it's funny to say nonetheless. Well, let me tell you what. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Hopefully hockey. That'd be nice. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Enjoy the show. Fly ugly, fly, fly ugly. So, Quigs, we may or may not have another co-host tonight. This might be a three-being uh, pod tonight we'll see what happens but uh emily is off doing fun things tonight and i am uh watching the big uh, big bad Brucie tonight little brucey boy not, not so little he's like 25 pounds already it's ridiculous but he uh he was in the crate all day he was not enjoying the crate he didn't really want to go back this evening so we're hoping he's just gonna be a good boy tonight and chill and doesn't have to voice too many opinions on the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers, but we'll see how that goes.
0: Well, you know what? I bet he has lots of opinion lots of opinions, plural, on the Philadelphia Hockey
1: Flyers. Like I imagine it's gotta be better than, you know, at least half of social media.
0: I'm willing to bet Yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to bet his barks and growls and mumbles about the Flyers are more coherent than what some people
1: on X are saying I'm not calling it that I refuse absolutely <laughs> refuse to call it X what a stupid name change like can you think of a worse brand downgrade than X I I don't know
0: what Elon is thinking I truly <laughs> have no clue where like didn't he say like when he bought Twitter he's just like I'm gonna fix Twitter and like he not only has he destroyed Twitter he's turned he's made it Significantly worse, and he's turned it into literally not Twitter. It's he's destroyed
1: it. It's gone, and he's going to destroy it further. It's and it sucks oh, yeah. because, like, for as much of a hellscape as Twitter is at times, and don't don't get me wrong, it can be a hellscape. It's still like it's great. It's it, 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 important. It, it, it's important. It's so great for following sports because you get breaking sports news in a way that you don't get elsewhere. And frankly, I'm a person that just enjoys having simple text back and forth with people as opposed to, like, I need to record a video. I need to, you know, make a meme. Like, you can do that stuff on there, but for the most part, it's, you make a joke, you make an observation, and it goes out into the void, and, you know, it's been great for interaction. I've met so many great people over the years through Twitter, and it's a shame to see what's happening, and, you know, there's so many competitors trying to fill the void right now and it's just not working and it just sucks it's a shitty shitty time and it's literally all elon musk's fault
0: no yes it is like there's just there's no it it seems it's honestly this situation with twitter slash x slash whatever it's a lot like the flyers the last couple years no direction whatsoever no coherent plan they're just kind of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what works and it's like that's not what you do that is not the correct like action plan when you buy one of the biggest if not the biggest social media platform in the world so I don't know this is an insane situation I'm still going to continue using this social media website whatever the hell this thing is now because right now it's like still basically Twitter but like I you have to question how long until it that even isn't the case anymore.
1: And when that happens, guess Shocked. who's on Sky Blue? <laughs> yes, uh, I also am on Blue Sky. Have Flypervly account or Blue and Sky? Say bye. You know, whatever. Sky blue. It's all it's Sky Blue, Blue Sky. It's barely used at this point because it's still invite only. And guys, you just got to drop the exclusivity and just get it out there because this is the time to strike.
0: Yeah. No. Now's the time to do it. And I don't know. I I just feel like
1: threads isn't it. Threads I've never tried, but I've just not heard good things about it.
0: It's not like it's not like it's terrible, but it's like it's just not it. You yeah. can tell it's not it, and that's like, what I've the heard. Only yeah, the only thing that I feel like is a viable like next step or like next Twitter would be Blue Sky because it's by the guy who's from Twitter, right? Jack yeah yeah and so like it's by the Twitter dude or one of the Twitter dudes and the the Twitter dude yeah and so it's just like I don't know it makes sense that that would be the next one now my question is like how can Blue Sky work if it's like a direct copy of of Twitter like I feel like there's going to be a real because that's essentially what it is I I wonder if there's going to be some sort of pushback by Musk on this whole
1: thing Well, I'm sure there's something proprietary that Jack took with him when he departed from Twitter. Musk has really pushed back on threads because uh, they hired a bunch of people away. By hired away, I mean they got laid off from Twitter and then Meta just signed them. They were just like, yeah, uh, we'll just sign these guys and build a competitor because that's what you do.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it's – yeah, I don't know. I I wish I I had more like – actual expertise but yeah there what is
1: expertise in the social media landscape it's all bullshit yeah i mean good (laughs) points it's all bullshit like (laughs) social there's just so much nowadays that's just like it's all bullshit and it sounds like that's simplifying it to say it but it's true
0: yeah no you're right and i don't know i'm just hoping that someone comes along and you know because like to me twitter is like I think it's the most important social media tool out there because it's like, yeah, it's great for sports of course, but it's also important for news, like world news. You know what I mean? It's important for getting any news immediately. Like news breaks on Twitter, not the TV, not news, breaks the on Twitter.
1: And also, you know, the opinions on there, it's funny. Cause like, it's not great for like website traffic, funny enough, but like, the opinions on there make national news. I mean, it was yeah. such a big deal when Donald Trump got banned from Twitter, for instance. You know, like it is a big friggin' deal. Mm-hmm. And to just see it get kind of just shattered like this, and God knows what it's going to look like in a couple months, let alone right. a year. It's sad. It is sad. It makes like, me sad again because it's been one of the best places for interaction. With this podcast and blog over the years. I mean, this is, I literally, I don't think I would have a podcast if it wasn't for Twitter. Yeah. Because that's where I met Marcello back in the day with Flyers Mm -hmm. Faithful. I mean, I was writing a very shitty little blog that I don't even know how Marcello found it in the first place. But like, I know those people from Twitter and that's where I reached out to them. I mean, my first co-host, Hal Greenblatt, I found Hal on Twitter. That's where I found him, Craig. I knew him from Flyers Faithful and Twitter, like BSH. Like this is where all the interaction has come for me. So to see it kind of just get shattered like this just sucks.
0: Yeah, like Twitter shaped my entire career. Like I got onto Twitter with like not really any idea of what I wanted to do professionally. I knew I wanted to do writing, but I didn't know what I wanted to write about. And then I started following uh, Bleeding Green Nation. And I saw Jimmy Kempsky and Mike K and Brandon Lee Gowton all like writing about the Eagles. And I was like, oh, these guys are great. And then I started following that site. And then I saw, oh, wait a minute. So they have this site, but it's the Flyers too. And then that is that changed everything for me. And so like, it introduced me to Broad Street Hockey. I have so many friends in Philadelphia because of Twitter. And now that Twitter is kind of being decimated into whatever the hell it's becoming, it's like, it's sad. It's it's almost like we're going to look back on, like, in a few years, we're going to look back and be like, man, Twitter was awesome, you know?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. It's who knows what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, I am on blue sky. So hopefully that takes off because I don't want to, I don't want to be around anymore on Twitter. I just don't want to be around on X. I don't want to see what X looks like. I don't care for it. It stinks. I don't like it. No, thank you. RIPD Twitter, long live Twitter. I don't know, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Just the inspirational times all around over. Did you see
0: that? uh, Did you see that tweets are now called Zeet's?
1: Are you serious?
0: I swear to God, it's X E E T S. Apparently, actually, I think someone someone told me that that is false. That's a false report, but like, I could see it. (laughs) I could see, I could see Elon being like, oh, yes, Zeets is what we shall call it.
1: He changed the name to X, which is like some late 90s shit. That's like edgy by the 90s standards. Yeah. Like, oh, it's X. Okay, Did you, you saw what he. So, like, he
0: has this weird obsession with the letter X, like space X and this. Did you see what he named as his, his most recent child?
1: I saw I know he had a weird child name a couple of years ago, but I haven't kept up on, you know, whatever the hell he's been naming these Hellspawn.
0: So, all right, he has. Where is it? All right, so he named his child X A E smushed together a-12 Ugh.
1: Like what the hell's that about? Why would you do that to your kid? I don't I don't I, get it. I, I don't even know why I bring a kid in this world. <laughs> oh. He's just such a dork. Ugh. And like I, I just think I'm he's, a dork, he's the dumbest he's just,
0: smart person of all time. Like there's no denying that he's a very intelligent person, but like oh. he's so dumb
1: if that makes any sense he's had some business savvy i'll give him that he's clearly gotten rich somehow but he's definitely made himself appear smarter than he actually is
0: he's had some interesting ideas that have been successful but we're seeing now that a lot of his ideas are very stupid and uh yeah who knows who knows what's coming up next
1: classic wizard of oz situation where it's just like it is not what it appears to be yeah no yeah. no you're right yeah so not not know. at all not at all uh it stinks i don't like it and you know i didn't mean to start off with the twitter conversation i thought that would be more of a an end conversation but yeah you know that's what? my fault i did no that. it's not there's no fault <laughs> here it was gonna going come to off flow. eventually yeah did, we're going yeah. with the flow of convo hey dude Conversation happens, and that's what flyperbole is all about. We go with the flow of conversation over here. But what I wanted to start off with is an important question in these times, especially for this week. And the question is, is this podcast more of an Oppenheimer or more of a Barbie? This is a Barbie podcast. This is a Barbie podcast.
0: This is absolutely. We are not serious or. Well, well actually, I mean, the Flyers in terms make of us the feel fl- like I was going to say. In terms of the flyers, we are very grim people. Yes. Like, we do not have a positive outlook on anything. Very depressing. But when it comes to, like, everything else that we talk about on here and just our general personalities, oh, yeah, this is Barbie.
1: Yeah. No, this is very much a, a Barbie world. We are Barbie girls. and Oh, I'm a Barbie girl. Yeah. That's, fa- you know, that's fantastic. <laughs> I and actually I don't pla- know the lyrics to Barbie uh- Life well. in
0: Plastic. It's fantastic. There
1: it is. Okay. Despite the fact that I lived through the popularity of that song. like I remember when that song came out and was like everywhere in the world and it was What a time that was. Yeah. There the best part a... of that song to this day is still Come on Barbie. Let's go party. It's such a weird <laughs> <I know. laughs> What a weird thing to put into a song. Somebody just sitting there at the recording studio and go Okay, so what if I came in with this like deep, like kind of raspy voice and said, come on, Barbie, let's go party.
0: I get uncomfortable with you doing that right there. So like, come on, Ryan, we should let's just... go. Pie. Okay. Pie-in. I'm what is closing my be? laptop right now. <laughs> That's real. Wow. Okay. It's like, uh, who was it? Did Weird Al do the, the cover of the Barbie song called I'm an Ugly Girl? I don't know that one. The lyrics are, I'm an ugly girl, my face makes you hurl, sad I That sounds like Weird Al. I should bag it, acne everywhere, unwanted facial hair. I'm a relation to Frankenstein's creation.
1: (laughs) You're so ugly, you disgust me. (laughs) Wow, I don't know that one, but that sounds like Weird Al. I don't know if it's Weird Al. I really
0: don't, but it's... Oh, yeah, it is. Yes, it is Weird Al. Of course it is.
1: Who else would it be?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but it's genius. Weird Al is a, a literal genius.
1: Did you see? Did you see the Weird Al movie that came out last year?
0: No, I that looked weird to me.
1: It was funny. It was like very goofy, like kind of an, an almost like airplane or Naked Gun kind of way. I saw it at in a theater in Philadelphia for I think it was the film festival. And Weird Al actually came out before the film and, and said hello to everybody real quick. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's so,
0: pretty cool. I heard he's a really good dude.
1: Oh yeah, I've heard nothing but great things about Weird Al. Yeah. yeah.
0: I like it, the, my thing with that movie is like it was presented like it's like it's a biopic, but it wasn't a biopic because like most of what happened in that never happened.
1: No, it's a, so it's like, a parody of biopics. It's, it, it's which a lot makes in the sense vein of. Yeah. Right, because why would he have a straightforward biopic?
0: Exactly. He wouldn't. So, like, I get that. I get the artistic spin on it. But it's also, like, I would kind of love to see a biopic on him. Like, I would love to see how this goofball, this silly goose of a guy became this international superstar by just, like, changing up the lyrics of songs to be really funny. Like, (laughs) I think that's such an interesting thing, you know? He's the first person ever to think of doing that.
1: Well, I, I, people have done it, but like he's the first one to be successful in like a mainstream yeah. way.
0: Like he, yeah, like he made a career out of it. Yeah, in yeah. a way that no one else could.
1: So there were some. I enjoyed the movie for for what it was. It was very goofy, but I I did enjoy it. And what else would you expect from that? You know, and it was a lot in the. It had a lot of elements of like a uh, Walk Hard, which is a great musical parody. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: I'll tell you what. For Barbie, I was a little upset with my girlfriend because she was like. I was telling her I was like, let's go see Barbie. She's like, hell yeah, let's go. And so then she tells me like last week she's like, hey, me and the girls are gonna go see Barbie. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> I wanted to go <laughs> see it too. And I'm not about to infiltrate. Like that's her and her like friends. Like I don't like I don't want to be like it's it's their like it's like a girl night. You know what I mean? I didn't want a girls' like, night out. Yes. For, yeah, I didn't want. I did. I didn't want to like throw off the vibe by the me being there you know hey guys
1: quix is here
0: yeah i'm not gonna do that so yeah (laughs) but she said it was amazing and she said she wants to see it again with me. there you go so nice there There you go
1: i yeah i would love to see both movies and mission impossible and spider-verse but i haven't been able to see anything for like i'm like this point
0: i'm like kind of so i don't ever go to the movies or anything but like i kind of really want to see the new mission impossible
1: Oh yeah, I've heard it's great. I've heard it's it great. Looks I mean, cool. the, the last few ones have been really good. So it's uh yeah, I'm I'm all about it. They're great theater experiences too because the yeah. stunts are so great, and the fact that most of it is practically done, which is something I really love about you know what they've done with the Mission Impossible series, and also what Christopher Nolan does. Christopher Nolan is like the king of practical effects at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I and that's—I like... can't wait to see, like, well, <laughs> I can't wait to see Oppenheimer, a film about the uh, the nuclear bomb. But like, you know, Chris Nolan's never—well, I was going to say never let me down—but I still don't understand Tenet, and I don't think anybody does. And if somebody tells you they understand Tenet, they are lying. There is no understanding no. Tenet. But uh, yeah, I just—it's been tough with the uh, the Pucci here. Tough to leave him for a few hours because he's a—he's just a little guy. He can't hold it in that long for a whole ass Christopher Nolan movie.
0: Me neither, Steve.
1: <laughs> a lot of people can. not Me
0: neither. When I get a small sprite at the movie theater, and then they give me a fucking two-gallon cup, that's a small in the movie theater.
1: Yeah, it's and then the Parks I, and Rec child-sized.
0: I have three quarters of it, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm about to pee my pants right here in the movie chair seat, or in the movie theater seat chair thing. So
1: the greatest trial I have had to this day is the irishman which is an oh, insanely God. long movie it's over three hours and i saw it in the theater i think it was also the philadelphia film festival and yeah. i i think we saw it at like 11 o'clock in the morning so i had a coffee and i had to very much like piecemeal it out throughout just like a little sip here and there can't drink too much coffee can't get up to take a pee there's no intermission gotta just piecemeal this out come on we can do this bud
0: it was a good movie but like there were so many scenes where I was like all right it could have cut a a good get rid of a like, half, half hour of to an hour of that movie Yeah like honestly yeah, that yeah that was it was a bit of an obnoxious movie
1: To this day I still don't also believe the uh young Robert De Niro beating up a guy cuz he moved like an old man No yeah that didn't happen <laughs> he
0: moved
1: Like an old man <laughs> it, a, looked rough. it was not it was not young Bobby De Niro I've seen young Bobby De Niro beat the shit out of people it was not that it? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm simulcasting with the my simulcasting. I mean, I'm watching the Phillies while doing this, and I just couldn't continue. I was going to say, excitement. what was that? Yeah. Bryce Harper just did a home run, and it was one of those you knew it off the bat. And I was like, I just couldn't help but be excited. Like, man, Bryce is John, Harper is, is just John Crock on guy. the
0: go- is John Crock on the call tonight? Oh
1: my God, John Crook is on the call, and John Crook's either excited or he looks like he wants to do literally anything else besides broadcast baseball.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gotta there were times Krucker. last season where there were times last season where like Crocker was just over it. And it was funny yeah. because like towards the end of the season, it was just like, oh, wait a minute. And then the Phillies reeled everybody back in. And,
1: and that's how that, that's actually a great, great summary of how the fan base was
0: with <laughs> this team last yeah, year. Yeah. No, it's exactly how it is. And they're probably, I was completely do the same out.
1: Thing. Yeah. They probably are. I mean, right now they're tied with the Orioles, but man, Harper. I really hope Matvey Mishkov ends up being a Bryce Harper for the Flyers because it's just like, it's so exciting having the guy, right? Having like yes. the fucking man. Like, Drew was that to an extent. I mean, I love Claude Giroux, but like, I don't know. He was never like a superstar in this league, really. And Harper is a bona fide superstar. Jalen Hurts is a bona fide superstar, and I mean, the last time the Flyers really had a bona fide superstar was probably Lindros, maybe that year of Forsberg. And, and again, this is no offense to Claude Drew, who I adore and is one of my favorite Flyers of all time. I, I would say uh, and he, he, was a he might have had a year. He
0: had like two years yeah, of it. Maybe. He had a couple years where he was incredible.
1: Yeah. But, but like, like, I don't know. Harper is just like a consistent, like every year, this guy is the fucking guy. And I, I right. really hope Mishkov is that because like, if there's going to be something that brings the Flyers back to prominence, it would be a player like that.
0: This is a great conversation to have right now, this very second, because as we are recording this inter Miami is playing and Lion- Lionel Messi is going insane. Like literally captivating the entire soccer universe. And I'm sitting here thinking, and I, I've been, I was thinking about this before we even hopped on the pod together. What would be a like Lionel Messi equivalent for the Flyers? Like they like he comes to the team and just changes everything about the Flyers. And I'm thinking it would it would have to be Mishkov. Um, it would have to be a free agent or some something. But like,
1: I mean, like it would have to be McDavid
0: or like Dreisaitl
1: because like yeah. there's not that many people because Messi is like one of the all-time greats in football you know like he is one of the goats over there like it's funny to say goats plural because it means greatest of all time but he really is like one of the great players in the history of the game and he's an absolute legend so it would be like I don't even know what the NHL equivalent of that would be but in terms of like talent elite players like The only guys really in the NHL that I could think of are like McDavid, maybe Dreisaitl, McKinnon, uh, Jack Hughes maybe is up there, but Jack Hughes is never going to leave New Jersey because they have him on a very reasonable deal. But what are you going to Hear
0: me out, Steve. Crosby on the Flyers. Oh, my God. You're welcome. I mean,
1: as discussed on a great episode of fuck, fly permanently under quarantine. I believe it was the Bill Matz one where we talked about flyerish non-Flyers. We did concede that if Crosby was a Flyer, he would be an absolute legend here. He would just be like one of the greatest. Well, greats. he would
0: be a legend on any team. It doesn't matter what team he sure.
1: would be on. He'd be a legend wherever. But, but for us, it's a harder concession to make because we hate his guts so much in Philadelphia.
0: Well, I, I'll go on record saying I think malkin would be a better flyer than crosby
1: i don't know about that
0: i mean you he's, know, a, he's it, a big dude he leads the penguins all time in penalty minutes he right, is not right, afraid but, to you know stir the pot after the whistle he fights sometimes he's not exactly
1: good but he has won fights but you know what the thing about malkin is is that he is uh he is actually a pretty consistent player, points-wise, but he's one yeah. that doesn't feel consistent, and that really gets people here, and I bet they would be all over that. Yeah, no, you're right. Whereas, like, I, there's just something about Crosby, like, he can be, like, that gritty two-way player when he wants to be. Like, he he really can't dig in there, and he's a pain in the ass, man. But Yeah, he, he is. He would be, you know, I guess Crosby coming here could be like that. God, that would just be such a, you know, I'm into it because be funny. it would just piss off the Penguins fans so much. They're still bitter about know. the time Yager came here. Yeah, it's great. It's real. I love that. That's like,
0: oh. so I was thinking about that. Like, that's probably the last time the Flyers had a situation even somewhat relatable to the messy situation with Inter Miami. Like when Yager came to the Flyers, immediately he was. Total success. He was a living legend, comes to the Flyers, continues being really good. And he helped turn the Flyers into like this really fun, exciting team that was, you know, like fresh off their championship. He like kind of helped take them to another level. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's the only kind of recent example I have of something like that happening for the Flyers.
1: What's so interesting about that Yager season to me is number one when it happened there was like a day where i was like oh i hate this i hate this it was like yeah. a day though and then i changed my mind and then there was like a the first like week or two the media really dug in and gave yager shit for not scoring goals he had a shit ton of assists that first couple weeks like with uh hartnell and drew and everything but yeah. they were like why hasn't yager scored yet it was annoying as hell that's a dumb narrative. Yeah, that's a, really, a really dumb, dumb narrative.
0: narrative. I t- <laughs> who cares? Literally, who cares? Who cares? If you're winning points. games and you're putting up points, who if you're creating goals, it doesn't matter if you're scoring them. If you're creating them and generating go- offense and generating goals, that's good. That's as
1: good as scoring, if not better. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, pretty asinine. But, you know, what are you going to do? Media go to media that time. So it was a fun narrative right there. And yeah, I, I it would be kind of amazing if, like, I don't know, the Flyers could break into something like that. I really like the idea from Charlie had a great article in The Athletic. I Was it this week or last week? Where he was, like, f- fast-forwarding a couple years to when the Flyers would be competitive next. And kind of just, like... Making a dream roster for when Mishkov comes over, and he had the Flyers getting Kirill Kaprizov in this fantasy world, and man, that oh. was just like, what a cool idea that would be! Like I, you know, I don't actually want to hold out hope for that because it's the hope that kills you, but it was a fun idea, and it was nice to feel like a little bit of excitement at the Flyers in potentially a couple of years.
0: That would be fun. I would love that. Like, I guess that's one of the exciting things about this current state that the Flyers are in is like in two, three years, who knows what this team is going to look like? There are so many possibilities. And like, I'm going to go on record and say that in two, three years, this team is going to look a hell of a lot better than what it has the last two or three years. And, you know, with that in mind, just think of all the exciting, fun possibilities that may happen. That, like, a non-zero chance of them happening, you know?
1: Optimism. It's just a a wild, wild concept. I know.
0: It's a a hell of a drug. It's a hell
1: of a drug, and uh, I would love to feel it again. I I actually... I've said this a couple times. Like I feel better about the Flyers and more optimistic than I have in a few years. Because at least I, I feel like they're on the right track again. Where they are, like kind of tearing things down to build it back up. So I feel pretty good. I really can't wait until the season starts. It's going to be a while at this point until we see any Flyers action, until we see some of these prospects start to play and everything. But it's exciting to think about. It's exciting to think about Cutter. It's exciting to think about Tyson Forrester. You know, there, there are some guys to really.
0: I'm really excited about Tyson, Tyson
1: Forrester, for, man. Like I saw an article also on The Athletic. About redrafting that draft, and I was a little confused by the selection because I guess they did this for the sake of changing things up, and I forget who they had the flyers picking instead of Forrester, but they had the flyers picking somebody else, and then Forrester going to pick after, and I'm like, why even change it? Yeah, you know,
0: at that point, just keep it just the way keep it is.
1: the way it is. But you know, sometimes you gotta. Shake things up for the sake of the article there. But, uh, you know, I I like Tyson Forrester. I really like the the possibility. And I like that they have goal scorers in the pipeline right now. That's one of the things I'm most optimistic about is they actually have guys who can freaking shoot.
0: Yeah. No, it's – I mean, right now they have – it's funny because before what their issue was is they had like too many two-way guys in like – playmakers and not enough scores. And now it's like almost the opposite where it's like they have so many scorers. Um, but you know what? That's a problem. I'm. You should be happy to have, you know, like scoring goals is good. If you have a lot of goal scores, one could imagine that that will lead to actual goals in game. Imagine that. Which, yeah, like wild concept, I know, but yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a good thing. The more goal scorers, the better.
1: The more goal scorers, the better. Again, what a concept. You would
0: think. One would think.
1: One would think. I mean, but sometimes you can have too much offense and not enough defense. And that was the case with Tony D'Angelo last year, who has now True. signed with his new team. And it's a real shocker, guys. He signed with the Carolina Hurricanes. Who would have thought that was going to happen? Who
0: could have seen this coming?
1: Yeah. <laughs> is Certainly it, not us. Did he end up signing for the same... Cap hit that the Flyers have to take for this season and next season.
0: I believe, basically yes. Oh my god! From what I from what I understand, he signed for one year uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes at a cap hit of one point six five million.
1: million. <sighs> why do you do this to us, Doctor T? Why do you do this to us? Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. One point. $1.675 million. It was so close to being nice also, but it's not, not nice. Yeah, very. Yeah. Not nice. In fact, it's quite mean, and I'm upset about it. But I'm not upset because I truly don't give a shit. The cap doesn't matter this year. Or next for the Flyers, and Tony D'Angelo doesn't matter. So, you know, none of it matters. Nothing else matters. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's just a little annoying because the Flyers and the Canes did have a deal worked out. And The NHL called it cap circumvention unless they did it on a certain date, which is absurd. And then the Flyers ended up just buying him out and the Kane signed him. How is that not cap circumvention? It's the NHL's
0: ridiculous. I, I don't, I'm not gonna dive deep into the weeds of the collective bargaining agreement because to be honest with you, I don't know everything. I don't think anybody knows everything about the collective bargaining agreement. For the wow, NHL. but. Um, moral of the story here is Tony D'Angelo, who was bad on the Flyers is gone. Very bad. And this is, this is addition by subtraction. Kind of like what I said last week, like him not being on the team makes the Flyers better. And that's because for multiple reasons, he was a bad player. He did not play well last season and he didn't fit within the timeline or with the current team either. The head coach didn't, he and the head coach didn't get along clearly as we saw in the last five games of the season. Now he's gone. And this opens up a spot for young players to come in and develop, which at this point should be the number one focus for the Flyers. is like developing their young guys into becoming good, serviceable, potentially very, very good NHL players one day.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the defense is going to be weird this year. It really is going to be weird. I mean, it's It's going to be bad. It's not going to be good. It's going to be terrible. I'm excited. I'm excited for Cam York because I think
0: he's going to get a really big – I think he's going to get a huge role and I think he's going to play well. I honestly I'm ex- like I think he's up for the task. But it's going to be ugly at times. Carter really, Hart's really just ugly. looking
1: in the mirror every day going, "Why?"
0: I know. He's he's got to be so so not stoked for this. Like I don't I don't know what he could possibly be
1: thinking. But, hey, maybe if yeah. he wants to go somewhere at the trade deadline, that might work out pretty well. Yeah.
0: I mean, he has one year left. This is his last year on his contract. Teams will be willing to sign him, will be willing to give up a whole lot to get him. So,
1: And it's just to make note, that that is uh, an RFA. He is an RFA after this year.
0: Yes, which makes him more valuable. Right,
1: right, because that means that unless the no Flyers want knowledge. him to go somewhere, he ain't going anywhere.
0: Right. They have all the leverage, and um, if a team acquires him, they have all the leverage in contract negotiations because he can't just walk away. Shoulda walked away. I don't know what that's a reference to, but uh I'm trying to remember yeah. exactly what song. Is. I don't know what that was. But yeah, no, Tony D'Angelo has gone. Sayonara onto onto 23 24.
1: Now I got to look up shoulda walked away because uh I'm trying to remember exactly what lyric that is, but uh this is going to occur to me at like two in the morning. So, okay. <laughs> hmm. It's, it's an 80s song. That's the only thing I can really pinpoint here. I'm definitely going to remember it like midway through the podcast, but yes. Yeah, so let's, uh let's go with next. How about Patrice Bergeron retired? Because that happened. Oh uh, yeah. This is like a huge hockey story. I mean, Bergeron has been the best two way forward in the league for years at this point. He might be, One of the best two-way centers in the history of the game. He won six Selkies. I mean, it might as well be his award at this point. The only other guy I can really think of dominating the category like this was Datsuk. And, man, I mean, hell of a career. And I don't know what Boston is going to do without him. So,
0: I know this is the Bruins and the Flyers fans hate the Bruins and Bruins fans hate the Flyers. Flyers first rival. But, like, I'll tell you what. This is kind of a bummer, like a big bummer, because Patrice Bergeron, as much as you can hate the Bruins, like he has always been nothing but an absolute class dude and just like incredible, just unparalleled leader and hockey player. And it's a bummer that he's not going to be playing anymore. Like it's sad because watching him play is so. I think he's the kind of guy that. Every NHL team would want to be their captain, and he's him not being in the NHL. It feels weird. It's it's really it. It feels like the NHL lost a huge piece today because they did. Bergeron is one of the faces of the NHL, and it's uh, it's just wild that he's not going to be part of it next season.
1: It is wild, and yeah, I agree. He's a, a quality guy, a stand-up guy, great for the team, great for the league, and. He will be missed. And, you know, Boston, though, just going back to the Bruins and how much like they're going to miss his presence. I mean, he was a huge reason why that team was so dominant last year. And I man, I don't know if who knows what the Bruins are going to do next year, but he's just like they're going to miss the hell out of him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was their unquestioned leader. And luckily for the Bruins, they have a lot of leaders. Like you still have, you still have Brad Marchand, you still have, I mean, Charlie McAvoy is young, but like he's, he's been around a little while at this point. Um, So I'd consider him a leader. Um, Pasternak is a leader in his own weird way. (laughs) He's not quite the leader that like Bergeron is where he's like, kind of like a rally the troops type of guy. But like, he's certainly someone that has a big voice in the locker room.
1: Right. I mean, he has a big voice, but also it's just like he's such a dominant player. And when he was hurt, that's a big reason why they got bounced from the playoffs, because yeah, he just was not available and he was just so damn good. And, you know, like getting him at a discount was a big reason why they were so good last year, because they could afford more talent because they had him so cheap. Man, I don't know who plays first line center on that team at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think David Krejci
1: is coming back, is he? I don't think he is. And even if he was, I don't think he's a first line center. Like Krejci, he wouldn't be. No, Krejci is like he's a he's a good two C three C. He's definitely not a first line center. I'm trying, I'm trying to pull up their depth chart on Cap Friendly right now just to see who Charlie Coyle. That.
0: Would he be the f- first-line center for the for the
1: uh, Bruins? Uh, they have Pavel Zaka right now. He is not a first-line center. I agree. So it might be Charlie Coyle. Could be Pavel Zaka. I did not realize. Now, now l-
0: let me say this. Neither is Charlie Coyle. He's sure. also not a first-line sure. center. So, Well, you know who could yeah. be
1: a first-line center if he just had the right system and the right coach? One, well, Kevin Hayes. It's a shame he's not going there, Steve. Bring him home. You hate to see it. Bring him home. You hate to see it. Yeah, I know. It's a. He's gonna
0: be. He's gonna be such a good blue.
1: He is a I really, really good think. fit for the Blues. Yeah. Man, why did Boston decide? Okay, well Krejci and Bergeron aren't coming back, so let's sign two ex Flyers. Well, <laughs> I I, <laughs> I, I totally b- forgot JVR signed there and Patrick Brown. JVR and Patrick Brown. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Not not great.
0: But also, at the time of those signings, they may not have known that Bergeron
1: wasn't coming back. Sure. But, like, man, looking at this roster versus last year, big difference.
0: Yeah. No, it's not great.
1: And how crazy is it that JVR only makes $200,000 more than Patrick Brown now? It's honestly
0: unbelievably hilarious. <laughs> it's incredible. Just masterful work all around by... The last two Flyers general managers, one Ron Hextall, two, two Chucky Two Trades.
1: I'll be honest. I was excited to bring JVR back when it happened. And then I, I was
0: too, but like I saw that ne- contract and I was like,
1: sheesh. They never found a fit for him on that team. And it's never, ugh, it just stunk. And it's a shame because JVR is a legitimately good guy. And I'm glad. Great he dude, yeah. I'm glad he landed on a good team. Where he will have a chance to succeed and maybe make a cup run or something like that. I mean, I, I don't think Boston's going to make that run without Bergeron, but there's always the possibility because they do still have Pasternak and Marchand and and Coyle and you know McAvoy. They have talent. If Olmark really bounces back, I mean, Olmark was fantastic during the regular season and so was Swayman, but then Olmark was really hurt during the playoffs, I believe.
0: Yeah. And again, I feel like their job was made easier because the Bruins had that elite shutdown first line center.
1: Yeah. It really makes a difference on your team when you have just an elite talent on the first line. And that's one of the big things the Flyers have really been missing the last two years is Sean Couturier. When Sean Couturier was healthy, he could drag that team into contention just by being Sean Couturier, Mr. Chestnut Checkers. And... You know, if Sean Couturier can bounce back at even like 80% of the player he was, that's going to be a huge difference maker for this team in the next couple of years.
0: I agree. But like, I am so, I have no idea what to think about. I have no expectations for Sean Couturier. No, this season, nobody have should have no expectations clue. for him. Yeah. Like, I feel like people are thinking like, well, Coots is going to be back. So like, that should make the Flyers better than they are. And it's like, dude, I don't know if he's going to be the same Coots. I like, want them to can be you, bad.
1: One more year of the tank, baby. Tank, tank, tank at Delphi. Oh,
0: dude. Give me give me two or three more years of the tank. I don't – like, that's what this team needs right now.
1: I think two years and of the tank and then let's
0: get back. Judging by Danny Briere's actions, it surely sounds and, and looks like that's what his vision is too. Like, he's not in a hurry to get this thing back up and running.
1: No, look at the defense he's assembled.
0: Exactly. And like – Look at look at the pick for Mishkov. Like, if he was if he had plans on competing within the next two years, he would not have picked Mishkov.
1: Right, because he could have Zach Benson or somebody like that who will be ready like sooner than that. But
0: I mean, well, maybe we don't know. Maybe, about him, maybe. But, I'm but I'm saying like,
1: like you know, just as an example player. But compared to Mishkov, who like it's almost definitive that it's he's not going to be over for two three years. You know. Yeah. Like, the bare minimum is two years, and it's more likely three years. Steve, one thing worth forgetting
0: about, about the Bruins, there's no way they're going to regress next season.
1: No, no. They're going to be the best team in the league again. Are you forgetting that they have Milan Lucic back? Lucic! Doc! Lucic! Lucic! I forgot they had Lucic back, and that's hilarious, because they signed him to a shitty deal many years ago. They were able to dump that off, and then he just kind of bounced around Canada... And he's back, baby. I still
0: love that old soundbite of Ryan Miller when he was on the Blues calling him Luchik. <laughs> and then he called him a piece of shit.
1: <laughs> love that stuff. I, I need more people calling each other pieces of shit. We do. There's not enough of that in today's NHL. Absolutely no way. not. Absolutely not. Now, like, Luchich, Luchich is a good Puk guy. guy like, to come up, you know, somebody who really hits a lot of intersections. He is. How good would you say you are? So PuckDoku has been like a big deal for people the past couple weeks. It's talked about in Slack every day. And I'm terrible at it. I got to be honest.
0: Like, there's like one or two squares every day that like throw me off. Right, right. And I like can't – I can't get – like I'll come up with some really good ones. Like the other day, I think it was – you had to pick a former capital and, or like a player who's played for the capitals and the golden Knights. And I picked Brendan Leipzig. (laughs) Everyone's favorite. There you go. So like that was, I thought that was a good one. Um, I've had some good ones in the past, but like, I don't know. It's just every once in a while, there are some that throw me off. And um, I blank on
1: a lot of those like common team ones where I'm just looking and I'm like, who the fuck did play for the Senators and the Stars?
0: Yeah, exactly. And like for that one, uh, what's that one guy? Alex Chason.
1: Like he's
0: kind of like my go-to for like the the Stars or and the Stars and Senators because I think that combination came up a couple of weeks ago too. And I was like, "Fuck!" Like who? What's the name of that guy? <laughs> and so also my thing is this: I refuse to cheat at all. Right. I don't. And that's my I don't problem. Do, I don't do any Googling, no Googling at all. Like there are some people who like they'll share their score on Twitter and they have like a uniqueness rating of like 15. I'm like, there is no fucking way you didn't cheat. There is no way. Like The only times I get good
1: uniqueness ratings are if there's a flyers category. If there's like three flyer squares, like, yeah, I'm going to get a lot of uniqueness on those because I can think of some real weird flyers that have been on other teams
0: yeah, like for me, it's the Flyers, Wild, and Gold. Like the teams that I've covered. Like if I've covered the team, I'm going to be able to come up with some fucking weird names. But like, yeah, like I, like I, I used Brandon Peary the other day and it was awesome. Um, but it's just, yeah, like there's just a couple every time that throw me off. And I, I just don't like cheating because I feel like if I use any assistance from the internet, then that's not fair. You know, so I don't do that.
1: Right. Like, I, I'm i kind of at the point where I will, if I have, like, a slow day, I'll go through all my guesses, take all my shots, if you will. And if I go past my shots, then I'll look it up. Because now I just, it, yeah. it'll drive me nuts not knowing. And, like, there were a couple today, like, uh, today's had, we're recording this on Tuesday. This probably won't come out until, like, Thursday morning, I'm thinking. But... Today's had one where it was like Minnesota Wild 100 plus penalty minutes in a season. And I'm like, okay, Ryan Reeves. And Ryan Reeves didn't have it. I'm like, all right. What about about Chris? Derek Derek Bugard? That's what I should have gone with. That's what I ultimately found. But My next one was like, uh, Chris Stewart. Chris Stewart definitely got 100 penalty minutes in a season. Nope. Nope. He definitely didn't. Okay. Great. The Islanders threw me off in that category today. Oh, yeah. I I I couldn't think of an Islander to save my life.
0: I was like, I have no idea. So I just assumed Ross Johnston. Oh. And uh, he came close one time. He had 78, but he, he had 78 penalty minutes in 32 games. <laughs> <laughs> That's His whole good. job is to fight. Like, he does nothing.
1: That's pretty good. See, it was the Flyers. I'd just say Romaldo, the only player with heart. Yeah.
0: Right, <laughs> that's right. Well, the there's flyers. A of, that, there's a lot of players to choose from for the flyers.
1: If I had to fill an entire grid of flyers that have had a hundred plus penalty minutes, I think I could definitely think of it. Let's see.
0: Um, Zach Ronaldo, Zach Ronaldo, uh, Wayne Schultz. Simmons.
1: I'm sure Wayne Simmons has. Yeah, Wayne Simmons, Wayne Simmons. Um, All right, so we got Ronaldo, we got the hammer, we got the Wayne train, we got. I bet Craig I wonder- Berube had it.
0: Oh, I know he did. He Rick
1: Tockett definitely had it.
0: Okay, so I looked up um, Jake Voracek, and he does not. But he had one year where he had 78 penalty minutes.
1: So. Okay, that's that's a lot for a player that yeah. does not play defense.
0: Uh, who else? Who else? Yeah, who's another? This is a good – this so is a fun little uh, – What are we at, five? Experiment. Um, all right, wait, who do we got? We got Ronaldo, Simmons –
1: the Hammer, Dave Schultz.
0: Schultz, Bruby. Tockett. Tockett. Tockett, a thousand. <laughs> he- I think Tockett's the about Ron all- Hextall?
1: <laughs> Hextall might, to be honest. He Ta- might. Tockett, I believe, is the all time penalty minute leader for the Flyers. I'm not 100% sure there, but I'm, I'm mostly sure. Now, look this one up for dude, me. Actually, I'll look I, I got you. Ron
0: Hextall has the most penalty minutes by a goalie in a season with 113. In the eighty-eight, eighty-nine season.
1: Fuck yeah. I love that. Alright, now I got one. I'm gonna go I'm gonna say Dan McGillis. Let's see if Dan McGillis had a hundred penalty minute season for your Philadelphia hockey Flyers. Uh He didn't. Okay, so that's a shot eh, incorrect on that one. Not Dan McGillis. Uh got Baruby. I bet okay, Sandy McCarthy is going to be my next guess here. Do you even know who that is?
0: No clue. (laughs) That's before my time, unfortunately.
1: Sandy McCarthy was not known for his hockey skill, and he absolutely got 100 penalty minutes in a season. In the 99-00 season, he got 111 penalty minutes in 58 games for the Flyers. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, we got McCarthy. So we got at least two rows filled now. So we got one more row to fill. Uh,
0: how about... I am using the internet for this one, so... Glenn Cochran.
1: <laughs> Glenn Cochran. That's a name right there. He's
0: an old flyer from the 80s. Early 80s. Paul Holmgren. Paul Holmgren,
1: 100%. Paul Holmgren was... Yeah.
0: Yeah, nasty man. Uh, Dave Brown.
1: Um, I bet Dave Brown had a hundred penalty minutes in a season.
0: Let's see. I oh, I got I got another one. Let me let me check. This. Uh,
1: Dave Brown. Absolutely. Dave Brown had two hundred and seventy seven penalty minutes in seventy six games in the eighty five eighty six season.
0: I was curious if Joe Watson had hundred, and he did not. Okay. Um. How about? Let's check. Let's check out Bob Clark. Clarkie,
1: I wouldn't be I surprised either way, to be honest with you. I bet he did. Yeah, Clarkie wouldn't shock me. He sure did. Yeah. He had several yeah, that's... 100
0: <laughs> penalty minutes. Seasons.
1: Especially in the 70s and the fucking bullies days. Yeah, they didn't give a shit. <laughs> oh, they they just did whatever they wanted, and the Flyers have been cursed ever since. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, That's good. Maybe it's Just... Uh... Maybe that's our summer game. Is just try to find as many. It's not even a real puck doku, but it's just trying to think of flyers that like have reached certain. Yeah, milestones. Th- this
0: summer we should like maybe in the next either the next episode or the one after when it's just nothing is happening. Yes, we should do a little thing like this where we just kind of pick obscure stats and say like, "All right, which flyers do you think I'm into it have surpassed this number? I am so, into it, absolutely. Yeah,
1: I'm into it. Yes. All right. Good." That's uh, something to do in the summer, and I'm into that because we, uh, we are running very, very low on categories. And uh, the sun's getting real low, big guy, and it might be time to go. By the way, I did figure out where that lyric was from, and it was from the Cutting Crew song. I, I just died in your arms tonight. Oh, okay. Must have been something you
0: said. That's right.
1: I That's Every funny. time I think of that song. I think of the SNL sketch where Will Ferrell and Horatio Sands are playing two guys in, like, a wedding band, essentially. And they were hired to play a song at this wedding, and the only song they know is that Cutting Crew song. And they just keep playing it over and over and over and over. It just is... That one gets me every time. That one is hysterical. Other notes I have here on the sheet for the night, so... When we talked about Oppenheimer, I failed to get to this category, but did you know, and I just found that out the other day, that Sean Avery is an Oppenheimer.
0: I read that somewhere and I was floored. Like what it like so what, he plays a weatherman? He plays a weatherman. Why the hell is he in the movie? I do <laughs>
1: <Like, laughs> I don't know. Apparently he's just been like, he must have like somebody owes him favors that can get him yeah, these like bit parts yeah. somewhere. But apparently he's had a couple little acting roles lately and
0: man, I think another NHL players in it too.
1: Is that right? Hold on. Let me you some, that up? You
0: keep talking. I'm yeah. going to talk
1: about Sean Avery for a second because just what a weird career that this man has had. Like, he was an annoying NHLer, just one of the most annoying players in the league. And, like, I will say it was very funny when he just stood in front of Marty Brodor with nothing going on. He just, like, annoyed Marty Brodor. And we're not fans of Marty Brodor on this podcast. So we did enjoy that. But he had that fashion designer stint. Didn't he have a weird bike accident recently in New York? Just a weird life for Sean Avery.
0: I oh, don't know. I can't tell you. Yeah. You know what? I wonder if I don't know why I think this, but for some reason I just feel like Sean Avery would know Matt Damon somehow. Matt Damon. <laughs> and maybe they would I don't know. Maybe Matt Damon is like, "Yeah, I'll get you a gig." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know
1: why I feel like they would be friends at all. But it, cuz it's not like it's not like Christopher Nolan Unless I'm really mistaking something here. It's not like he's a big hockey head where he's just like, oh, yes, it'd be lovely if we could get Sean Avery, my favorite puck player in the film. <laughs> like, I don't no. think he's out there saying that. It's not like when the Farrelly brothers are putting, you know, um, oh, who the fuck played Seabass in in Dumb and Dumber. One of the greats over there. Seabass, uh, Dumb and Dumber. I can't believe I'm forgetting this. It's such a great reference there. Cam Neely. Cam Neely was sea bass. Like, it's not like the Farrelly brothers throwing Cam Neely in there as sea bass because they were big Bruins fans. Like, <laughs> I guess it's just it just happened.
0: It would have made more sense if Avery was like uh, just a soldier or
1: something like that. Well, this
0: is a 100 percent
1: like some agent brought him in. And they're just like, they needed, like, a weatherman for a second. And they're just like, why not Sean Avery? And Christopher Nolan probably has no idea who the fuck he is. He's just like, yeah, yeah, fine.
0: He's one of the last people who should pl- ever play weatherman. <laughs> why the hell would Sean Avery be a weatherman?
1: I, I'll i have to see the film, but I'm I'm almost betting you that it's, like, blink and you'll miss it.
0: Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah, it's a very small role, I'm sure.
1: Right. But... It, it's probably just like, you know what? He can wear a suit. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Sean Avery. He was
0: named one of the. uh, I'm reading now. He was named one of the world's sexiest men alive in 2007. So maybe Sean, or maybe Christopher Nolan was like, "I need a sexy man to be this, this, uh, this weatherman," and he just looked through all the sexiest men alive, and
1: yeah, that's what it is. Undoubtedly, Sean Avery, sexiest man alive. Ugh. Oh, no. Not a very good hockey player. Not great. Not great. Not great at all. Good
0: pest, though. Great b- being a pest.
1: Great at being a pest, and I'll always appreciate the time he pissed off Marty Brodor. Oh, yes. Great. Ooh, I see we have two pieces of flipe relevant news on here that i did not realize so this is a treat for me first off and this one kurt did alert me to this so i do appreciate that from kurt cole beasley is apparently back mr sorry not sorry the rap career has not taken off his uh his great songs like 80 stings and united hate of america they just are not (laughs) paying the bills and he's gonna play for the new york football giants which is If you're not familiar, if you find it weird when I say Philadelphia Hockey Flyers, I say it because Chris Berman would always (laughs) say the New York football Giants. Like, we know who the fuck the New York Giants are, Chris. We don't need to tell you. But Philadelphia Hockey Flyers sounds very funny to me. But Cole Beasley is signing for the Giants. Another reason to hate the Giants. And there's plenty of reasons. But it's not like he's going to be catching a lot of passes because Daniel Jones is their quarterback. And it's no no. bueno.
0: No, it's not going to be great. It's... You know, we're gonna get you'll get to see Cole Bisley maybe catch a uh you know, a, a garbage time touchdown after Boston Scott puts up like five touchdowns in the first half against oh, the yeah. Giants next season. That's so. what
1: Boston Scott does. The Eagles only signed him back to beat the shit out of the Giants.
0: Yes. That's the whole reason. Like, I'm convinced, like I don't know what it like. I don't know. I can't explain that, but that is just the still the funniest thing in sports right now is how Boston fucking Scott just comes out of no, <laughs> comes out of nowhere every every single time the Giants and Eagles face off. He just goes into sicko mode and is unstoppable.
1: I mean, at this point, what he's like the third or fourth guy on the running. He's probably the fourth running back on the death chart at this point. Yeah, but I yeah, guarantee I he you, is. he's going to play in those Giants games, and he's he's probably going to start. I'll probably start. They got Swift. Uh, who's the guy they signed from the Seahawks? Rashad Penny. Penny. They got Swift. They got Penny. Like, they got game. But Gamewell. Penny's
0: probably going to miss half the season with injuries.
1: Sure. So. And, and Swift might miss the other half. So. Yeah, they got Gainwell like Boston Scott is the fourth on the death chart, but he will play in those Giants games and he will score a touchdown. That is my my lock of the year is bet on Boston Scott to score in an any time touchdown in those Giants games.
0: Yes, it's a, this has been happening for like multi, many years now. He just goes insane against the Giants. He goes so.
1: insane. It's a wonderful tradition and I live for it. The other it's great. It's great. The other piece of flyperbole news I'm seeing here, and this one I did not see prior to the show, is apparently Creed is back. And what a band. What a time. I definitely did not have multiple CDs of theirs in the CDs that I uh, gave to the Junk Guys last month. Definitely didn't. And they're <laughs> reuniting on the Summer of 99 cruise. Wow. Wear your That's right. red backwards hats and your your white A shirts and your baggy ass pants for that summer in ninety nine cruise.
0: They are going could you imagine going on a cruise with Scott Stapp and Creed?
1: Oh my god. Literally. Because he probably would preach to you. It sounds bad. It sounds bad. It's it's gonna be funny. Like I do you I think he'll wish. sing Marlins Will Soar?
0: He has to. You're on a boat. Marlin's live in the ocean, Steve. You gotta sing it.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to remember the lyrics to Marlins I, I think this is a good time to play Marlin's Will Soar. Let's play Bull, it's game day. There's definitely no way that there's like... Who's copywriting Marlin's Will Soar? It, I have no you idea. Know, if we get sued over this, I mean, it's a... You know what? A great death for the podcast is playing Marlin's Will Soar.
0: The funniest part of that song is when he says the line... And it's the way he says it. He's like a diving catch, a stolen base. It's,
1: <laughs> it's so funny. It's one of the all-time greats. Like it cracks my shit up. It's so good. Ah, come on. Where is phenomenal. it? Phenomenal. Give me the song. YouTube. Marlins will soar. My phone's just like, don't pl- don't make me play this again. Don't make me do this.
0: Yes, a I found it. Catch,
1: there we go. Stolen
0: beast.
1: Yes.
0: Crack. Out,
1: hits, double plays. You. We'll <laughs> I don't know how Brucey has not been disturbed by any of this like he has been I guess he exerted all his energy biting the shit out of my hands before the show because like he has not reacted to any of this creed talk any of this like singing marlins so like amazing amazing maybe he's broken he might be broken I mean he is my puppy so it makes sense he'd be broken
0: yeah,
1: I don't know. <laughs> so this is apparently Creed's first shows in twelve years, and you know, they've been just stuck in their own prison for the past twelve years.
0: All right, Scott, stop! You uh, behave yourself on that cruise. You hear me? I think.
1: Oh, yeah. I think he'll behave himself. I, I'm. I'm fairly certain that he'll be a good boy on these. On this All cruise, right. I feel like. I, I feel like we need to punish ourselves for one show. This summer, and I really hate myself for this, but I think we need to do the definitive ranking of Creed songs.
0: I only know like five. I know you're, you gonna you listen listen
1: to you're gonna have to listen to more. You're gonna have to.
0: I I can't listen to more. Does Marlins will soar count as one? Yes, because it should. It will. Good, because that's number one.
1: Okay, but we're gonna plan this out. I I I want to do this because it will be hilarious. All right. It will be legitimately funny i'm looking forward to this so creed playing and apparently on this cruise they will also have three doors down and buck cherry oh my buck god cherry. Buck, cherry buck
0: cherry will be there. they have that one song they have that one song
1: that just cougars love cougars love that <laughs> yeah, song they do. they do yeah and three fun doors down about, oh boy fun
0: fact about scott stapp um Apparently, on Thanksgiving night of 2000, this is according to Wikipedia, on Thanksgiving night of 2005, Stapp was involved in a fight with members of the band 311 at the Harbor Court Hotel in Baltimore. Members of 311 have said Stapp started the fight. After five minutes, hotel security broke up the fight and removed Stapp from the hotel.
1: Amber was not the color of their energy that night.
0: No, it wasn't. (laughs) It was blood red. Blood red blood red energy doesn't
1: quite flow off the tongue as well as amber but you know it all works (laughs) three doors down and buck cherry oh my god i don't know this is not my all i
0: can say is you better be on that cruise everyone if you want a good
1: show this is not my dream 1999 concert i will tell you that
0: no that said
1: i probably saw all of these bands at a y100 festival at some point back in the day and uh ripd to the great y100 for putting on some uh some shows back in this most of those festivals were amazing and uh, quick you're not familiar with this at all but y100 was a fantastic alt rock station in philadelphia when i was growing up and They used to have these just like uh, these huge music festivals every summer, and they had like some awesome bands play. I'll have to send you some of the lineups sometime. But they had really great lineups, but they also had some not so great lineups. And I always think back to the one they would do the festival in the summer and the festival in the winter, which I think there was some sort of charity component involved or something. But I went to a festival one time that had like some forty one, Blink one eighty two. Nickelback, Good Charlotte, like a real who's who of the year 2001 music scene.
0: It's funny. So in Richmond, we have a channel that's a lot like that. It's Y101 instead of Y100. And it was the alt rock and they played like, you know, like Rage Against the Machine, Queens of the Stone Age, Tool, like all the, you know. And um, yeah, that's what we used to listen to growing up.
1: There you go. There you go. I I loved Y100. Great. And I probably, again, saw half these bands at a Y100 festival back in there. I never saw Creed, though. Never saw Creed, even though I love to dunk on them on this podcast as much as possible.
0: And it'll continue.
1: A double player. A stolen base. I had another thing I was going to say, but I'm going to save that for next week because we need to spread this tangy summer tent out and we made it about to the length of a standard podcast. So I'm happy about that. But uh yes, thank you for hanging in there and listening to a nice rambly summer fly I in fact enjoy the rambly jump around podcast the most because they are just a, uh, you never know where they're going to go. No, you don't. You really, truly do not. So folks, if you have any feedback for us, unfortunately, The best place is still twitter.com.org.edu.x.musk.ca. It's all nonsense. They're calling it X. I don't understand. It's so stupid. But Quiggs, where can people find you? On Twitter, I'm calling it that.
0: You can find me on X at Ryan Quiggs with a Z.
1: It stinks.
0: (laughs) It's so bad.
1: Ryan Quiggs with a Z. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Flyperbole is also on Blue Sky. It's also on instagram it's on tiktok it's on a bunch of that stuff i am
0: also on blue sky so follow me on that too at ryan quiggs with a z
1: mr blue sky yes so we are over there follow broad street hockey follow bsh radio all that fun stuff you people are beautiful thank you so much for listening and remember this podcast was brought to you by bet online thank you to the great people over at bet online for sponsoring this show Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow.